0: is Primal Potential and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. It is me, Elizabeth Benton, and today, We are going to be talking about motivation because I know from my own experience with fat loss and, heck, maintaining it, doing what I do now every single day requires the ability to get myself motivated and keep myself motivated. And that was certainly true when I was at my absolute heaviest. And it's equally true now. And I know that it is something that so many people struggle with. It is tough to talk yourself into doing anything if you aren't motivated. I've been there. I get it. I mean, most of my life, I desperately wanted to lose weight. I hated my body. I had no energy, right? I was so tired of trying and failing. I was isolating myself. I was depressed, but It didn't motivate me enough on a daily basis to do the work, to say no to temptation. And that frustrated me, right? It frustrated me because I didn't understand how I could want something so bad and have every reason in the world to change and not do it. And I know I'm not alone because I get emails every single day from people who are kind of describing the same thing. In fact, here's an actual one that I got the other day. It's from a gentleman and he said, I look up recipes, I buy groceries, fail at making them, usually turns out bland and nothing like the recipe, and I don't meal prep, so I end up eating out for every meal. I hate the way I look, and I constantly feel defeated. How do I change or at least overcome apathy? I have no idea. And as strange as it sounds for me to say this, I love getting emails like that. And you must be thinking, like, what? (laughs) But I love getting emails like that because people behind those emails are asking for help. They want to make a change, and I, Elizabeth, know that I can help them if they want to be helped. And if they're emailing me, I get excited because I know they want help. If you're listening right now, I'm excited because I know you want help, and so I'm thrilled that sort of when they email me or when you come and listen, you've opened the door a little bit for me to be able to nudge you in the right direction. And before we dive into what I've got today, which is eight ways to get motivated, I want to establish a really fundamental misunderstanding about motivation that I feel like I've talked about a few times now, but it's worth repeating because when you get it, you become in control of the act of creating motivation. It's kind of a paradox. Most people think I'm not taking action. I'm not doing the work. I'm not following through because I'm not motivated, right? And if I were motivated, I would do it. But it's actually the other way around. It's actually the opposite. You aren't motivated because you aren't taking action, because you aren't doing the work. That slight change is a game changer, right? You don't have to take massive action to create motivation, but you will never get motivated if you just sit there waiting for it to strike you like a lightning bolt, okay? The other thing that I want to point out, and I know this to be true in my own life and in my work, but also without fail with my clients, like very few things are true 100% of the time, but this is, it takes more energy, in fact, a lot more energy to think about changing and beat yourself up for not changing and regretting not changing than it does to actually do the work. Seriously, so many of my clients will spend weeks and weeks saying, it's so hard. Why is it so hard? I can't stand that I'm not doing the work. And then once they start doing it, they're like, oh my gosh, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. This is actually a whole lot easier than I thought it would be. And it's certainly easier than the place where I was stuck, right? The mental ping pong that we play, the internal debate, that takes way more energy than actually doing the work. So what I want to spend our time doing today is going through eight ways to get motivated now, like today. And once we dive into these, I think that you will have a lot of arrows in your quiver jumping off points to spark your own motivation to sustain it and which is often what we need to do amplify it in situations where you just need a little bit of a kick in the pants so the first way to get motivated and i really don't think you can move on into the uh, to the others until you've done this is to get clear on what you want right I shared in a webinar recently that the word motivation comes from motive or reason for action, but if we just think that having a reason for action is enough to get us up off the couch or, you know, to get us to stop eating the fast food, it's not. It's not. It's a critical starting point, but it's absolutely not enough to just have a reason for action. But you cannot take action without that reason. So I want you to take a few minutes to write down on paper, not in your head, really take the time to go through this carefully and give it the respect that it deserves. I, don't, I want you to answer a few questions. The first one is, what single goal do I want to achieve? what single goal do I want to achieve? And I need you to be specific here, okay? If your goal is weight loss, then don't just say, my goal is to lose weight. You need to write down and be really clear on how much weight you want to lose and in what time frame, all right? So, write down on paper, on purpose, what single goal you want to achieve. Even if you know it in your head, I don't care. It needs to go down on paper. There is something powerful about committing to something and identifying with it in writing. The second question I want you to ask and answer for yourself on paper is why is this goal important to me? I want you to focus here on what you stand to gain if and when you achieve your goal. Okay? So saying you want to lose weight because you hate your body is a terrible motivator, yet it's what many of us default to. We focus on what we don't want. Well, here's the thing. What you focus on, you move towards. What you focus on, what you fixate on, your mind naturally gravitates towards. So please, please, please do not say, I want to lose weight because I hate my body. I want to lose weight because none of my clothes fit, right? Negative motivators tend to be terrible motivators. Sure, there are exceptions, but rarely. Okay, anybody who's ever failed on a diet before understands that hating your body isn't enough to make you do the work, because if it was, then diets wouldn't fail, because there are a lot of people out there who are very unhappy with the way they look, and their motivator is, I I hate what I see in the mirror. It is not a good motivator. So I want you to focus on, how will life be different when I achieve this goal, right? Whether it's confidence or the excitement about being able to walk into any store and buy any clothes, or maybe it's energy, right? Or maybe it's being able to keep up with your kids or go up the flight of stairs and feel really energized instead of huffing and puffing and feeling like you need to sit down. How will life be different? And do not focus on those negative things, saying, well, I won't hate my body. No, negative motivators are terrible motivators. If they were great motivators, then everybody who hates their body would have no problem burning fat, and we just know that's not true. I certainly know that's not true. The third question that I want you to answer on paper is, what do I need to know that I don't know already in order to achieve this goal? What do I need to know now that I don't know already in order to achieve this goal? Are there information gaps you need to fill? Now, this is different from the skills or the habits that you need. I'm talking about information. What facts or information do you not have that you need in order to achieve this goal, right? Are there resources that you need to find or maybe coaches that you need to work with to fill the information gaps? Or, as is often the case, do you have all the information that you need? This is a powerful one to realize because if you find, gosh, I know everything, it's just a matter of doing it, then you can stop wasting your time reading about strategy when strategy is not what you need. You have all the information, so you don't need to clutter your mind with more. I want you to get clear on what answers you absolutely require before you can achieve your goal. If you have unanswered questions, I want you to establish who in the next two days you can reach out to to get the answers that you need, okay? So if you find that there are unanswered questions or pieces of the puzzle you don't have, not skills or habits, but actual information, Who can you reach out to in the next two days to get the answers to those questions? And then the last question I want you to ask yourself, and you need to write this down on paper, who has achieved this goal before? Now, I don't suggest that you just find somebody and do exactly what they've done. Sometimes that can be a good starting point, but it's not really what I want for you. But I want you to identify a few people who have done whatever it is that you want to do so that you can believe and reinforce that achieving your goal is possible. If somebody else has done it, it's possible for you to do it. Now we just have to start taking small steps in that direction. So the second way to create motivation is to name your obstacles. Name your obstacles. I am not a fan of pretending that life is all sunshine and rainbows, right? If you're feeling unmotivated, then you need to get really clear on the forces at work in your life that hold you back. You cannot overcome them if you aren't sure what they are or how they impact you. And from my perspective, the single most common obstacle I see is negativity. You cannot continue to tell yourself, I can't or I never, and expect to make progress because you will not exceed your own expectations. You cannot exceed your own belief, so don't expect to change until your current level of belief does. One of the most powerful exercises I take people through in my Breaking Barriers course is identifying any and all self-limiting beliefs. This is a real game changer for a lot of people. You might not realize that when you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them, and many of us spend all day every day, either in our heads or out loud, arguing for our limitations. But your performance Can and will improve when your image of yourself does. All right? And as these negative thoughts and limiting beliefs pop up, you've got to replace them. And I am not suggesting that you replace them with puffy cloud and marshmallow thoughts that you don't even believe in, but I do suggest replacing them with simple, empowering statements. This makes a world of difference. One of my clients recently told me in an email, I know my nights at work are awful. I don't know why, but I always overeat at work. That's a big issue for me. And I told her, every time you say that, you're going to be right. Every time you say that work nights are awful and you always overeat at work and it's a huge issue for you, guess what? You're right. Now, I told her she doesn't need to say, oh, I eat clean every single night at work. It's perfect, right? Because if that's not true, then then she's not going to believe it. But there's power in saying Work nights have been a challenge for me in the past, but I am practicing self-control because it's really important to me, and I don't like how I feel when I overeat at work. So this is an area that I'm improving every single day. Maybe your obstacles are nothing like that. Maybe your obstacles are lack of preparation or lack of impulse control or maybe not getting enough sleep. But whatever your obstacles are, you need to be clear on them. The best offense is a good defense, but you can't have a good defense if you don't know what you are defending against. So the third way to create motivation is to build trust in yourself, and I know for me, I mean, oh my gosh, it's a miracle that I trust myself in any way, shape, or form right now, because with years and years and years of yo-yo dieting and making constant commitments to start on Monday and then not doing it, or making constant commitments to resist temptation and then not, I mean, I really didn't trust myself at all, and my own word meant nothing to me, right? When I would say things like, I can do this, this is going to be the time... There was a not-so-quiet voice of doubt in my head saying, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, right, whatever. And I felt really defeated before I would even start because I didn't trust myself, right? And if you're wondering, okay, so yeah, I don't trust myself, but how do I even rebuild that trust? Because if you go about it the same way, then it's just making the same promises and then breaking them. So how do you get out of that cycle? So if you're asking that question, you're asking the right question. One of the problems with weight loss attempts or dieting and self-trust is that you set yourself up for failure when you take on too much. Like when we dramatically try to change our eating habits overnight by sheer force of will that we've never had before, we're setting ourselves up for failure, right? Even if the promise you made to yourself wasn't realistic, you've broken your word and your word loses its meaning. So what I want you to do is make one small commitment to yourself today, but here's the thing. You must keep it, all right? Like I say to my group coaching clients and my one-on-one clients all the time, this is not a hostage crisis. There is no need to negotiate with yourself. After you've made a decision or a commitment, case closed. You will follow through and you will not negotiate or talk yourself out of the single pledge you've made to yourself. And when I say I want you to make a small commitment to yourself today, I really mean small, okay? And when I say no negotiating with yourself, I really mean it. There's no room for I'm too tired or I'll start tomorrow or I forgot. Make a small promise and keep it. And really, I do mean small, like I'll clean the kitchen as soon as I'm finished dinner, or I'll be in bed by 10 p.m. tonight, or I'm going to prepare my food for tomorrow before bed tonight, or I'm going to do 10 bodyweight squats before I get in the shower. The whole goal here is to slowly rebuild trust and start to be very careful about the commitments you make to yourself because you must decide ahead of time that you're rebuilding trust. And in this process of rebuilding trust, there's no room for error. You cannot break your word to yourself because the most important relationship in your life is the one you have with yourself. And if you don't trust your own word, there's no relationship there. So the fourth way to create attention or create attention, to create motivation is to give attention to your goal. So the fourth way to create motivation is to give attention to your goal. I know for me, I would very routinely, in a moment of that spark of motivation, I would set a goal and then life would happen and I'd kind of forget about it. I'd I'd scribble down some goals in a notebook, but I'd never return to that page. And then years later, I'm cleaning out a junk drawer, flipping through old papers, I'd be like, oh yeah, totally forgot about that and didn't even come close to achieving it. Motivation requires attention. And I totally understand that life happens and we get distracted by work or friends or family, television, right? That's going to happen. But it doesn't mean that you can forget about your goal. Let me be super clear. You must mentally revisit your goal every single day, multiple times a day. Where your attention goes, your energy flows. When you're just wishing for change, You don't have to be intentional about your attention. But if you want to get motivated, if you want to transition from wishing for it to working for it and achieving it, you must bring constant attention to your goal. That in and of itself generates motivation. It really does. The mindful attention towards your goal creates motivation, and this is how I do it. I have my goals on index cards, and I have about five copies of the same index card, and I can't miss them even if I wanted to, right? I know that it would be way too easy for me to get swept up in the chaos of my day that multiple days could go by or months without any attention or intention to towards my goals, so I do not let that happen. I strategically place my goals in places where I am going to see them and bring my attention to them multiple times a day. One copy sits on my bedside table. Every time I walk into my room or into my bathroom, I see it. One copy sits at my desk, which means I see it all day long while I work. One copy sits on the dash of my car, one copy's in my purse, and then I also have an electronic copy uh, in the notes app of my phone. Motivation requires attention. Attention requires intention. It will not happen by accident. Do not hope that you will stay focused. Be intentional about redirecting your attention to your goals multiple times each day. This will generate motivation. The fifth way to create motivation is to respect your space. Respect your space. Now, you don't need to be a neat freak, but your immediate environment has a huge impact on your goals. As crazy as it seems, if you're sitting in a perfectly clean car that you just vacuumed out and maybe had detailed, you are less likely to go through the drive through and get a milkshake and french fries and get your greasy fingers all over the steering wheel than you are if your car is cluttered and dirty and messy and taking up mental energy in your head? How motivated are you to cook a clean, delicious, fat loss friendly meal when you walk into a messy kitchen with a sink full of dishes? You're not at all. You want to avoid the kitchen. You want to stay out. You want to order in so you don't have to deal with the mess. How focused are you to do your work when your desk is cluttered? Or how much more focused are you when your desk is not cluttered, right? How could you notice your goals sitting on the bedside table if they're buried under a pile of mugs and books and random papers and hair elastics, right? It is easier to catch up than to keep up. So, no, it's the other way around. It is easier to keep up than to catch up. So I want you to try to take 10 minutes each morning and 10 minutes each night to care for the space around you. One of the challenges I gave to my winter fat loss fast track group was to clean the kitchen every night before bed. It takes like 10 minutes max, right? And you might wonder what that has to do with fat loss, and I'd say a lot. The people in the group who made that switch, who maybe weren't in the habit of it before, and when they woke up to a clean kitchen, they felt more calm, more focused, and were far more likely to make choices that are in their best interest or aligned with their goals. The space around you is a reflection of how you care for yourself. One of the things I do every afternoon, I end my work day by just straightening up my desk. And I begin each morning by making my bed. I end every meal by cleaning up my kitchen. When your environment brings you peace, right, your mind is more at peace and you are more likely to make choices that are in your best interest. The sixth way to create motivation is to seek solutions, not problems, because you get what you look for, and since you're listening to this, I'm going to make the assumption that you are not the kind of person who has a problem for every solution, but those people are out there. I think you know what I mean, right? I'll get emails from people asking for help, and for every solution I suggest, they've got a problem. I don't have time, my job is stressful, I'm an emotional eater, I'm hormonal. And I'll say it again, you get what you look for. If you're looking for reasons that you can't, or reasons why it's hard, or things that might get in your way, you'll always find them. They're all around you. But if, on the other hand, you look for solutions, you'll find those too. So begin to pay attention to your thoughts and your words. How often are you searching for problems? How often is the internal dialogue in your head arguing for your limitations about how you're tired, it's been a bad day, the kids are stressing you out, or the fact that your cravings are out of control? Switch your thinking and practice being solution-focused. I know I've shared this before on webinars and with my, my group coaching clients. Oftentimes when I get to the gym in the morning, I'm tired, like just tired, And many times I've caught myself focusing on that, focusing on the problem, and then starting to complain about my lack of sleep or not having enough coffee or just being low energy. And I'm not saying that I should deny the fact that I'm tired, but focusing on the problem and complaining about it is arguing for my limitations. So my solution-focused approach is to catch myself and say... Yep, no, no doubt that my energy is a little lower than I'd like it to be, but I'm in the right place for that. There's no better way to generate energy than by working out, so I'm exactly where I need to be. Time to get some energy generated, right? There will always be a problem for every solution if you look for it, don't be that guy. While everybody else is delivering excuses, you deliver results, you focus on solutions. The seventh way to create motivation, and we're going to be talking about this one in a lot more detail over the next few weeks, is to practice. Practice. Let's think about the type of person you would have to be to achieve your goal. What kind of habits would you need to have if you achieved and maintained whatever your goal is? What kind of habits would you have to have to be that person who did it? Now, pick one of those habits and practice it every single day. One of the habits I work with my clients on is a fat loss breakfast. Do I expect them to be perfect? No. But do I think they can master that habit without committing to practicing consistently? No. The reality is, and I think this is so exciting and empowering, we can be freed by our conscious thoughts and by our disciplined habits. We are not freed by our dreams, and we are not freed by our willpower. We are freed by our conscious thoughts and our disciplined habits. And I really don't think, and this is just my personal opinion based on my experience and working with my clients, I don't think that you can effectively create seven new habits at once. And that's why I want you to pick one that you need to master in order to achieve your goal and practice it every single day. If you drop the ball, try again. That's the thing about practice. By definition, practice isn't perfect. Repetition generates confidence, and it generates opportunities for learning. Absolutely anything in this world can be made easy through practice. And this practice generates momentum, and it fuels motivation. So I want you to commit to daily practice. Bring your conscious attention to that one thing you are practicing and don't quit. Don't skip practice. The only way to get better and to build a habit is through consistent practice. The eighth way to create motivation and the last one we're going to talk about today is to expose yourself. One of the most powerful ways to get motivated is to expose yourself to things that spark motivation, things that inspire you or remind you of what you're doing and why. Now, this isn't the only way, of course. We've talked about seven other ways, and these sparks will be different. They'll look different for every person, and that's totally okay. Some of the things that I personally expose myself to every single day to create this motivation and remind myself of what I'm doing and why are quotes and images that inspire me. I also talk to people who encourage me, and I share my goals. I read things that inspire me, and I review my own progress, right? And I think about where I want to go. A lot of my clients expose themselves by listening to podcasts or listening to the daily motivations, right, on the Primal Potential app. Other people expose themselves to motivation through prayer or meditation, The key here is to know yourself. Know what sparks that desire or that inspiration in you and expose yourself to it daily. One of the things I did to help you guys do this for free is create, and I've talked about it on a few episodes before, this motivational mixtape. It's basically short audio files that are totally free and available for you to download and listen to when you just feel like you need a little push in the right direction, a reminder to snap yourself out of a funk. Because... Uh, We all get in funks, right? It happens. So these are, again, they're free. You can get them by texting, if you haven't already, the word mixtape, M-I-X-T-A-P-E, one word, no space, to the number 33444. Or if you're not into texting or you're outside of the U.S., just go to primalpotential.com mixtape, M-I-X-T-A-P-E, and there's, I think, eight different short audios. Some of them are like a minute. The max is maybe like three minutes, but they are there to get you out of the funk, to kind of get you revved up and excited the same way that a song on the radio can, and they're all downloadable so you can drag them into your iTunes and have access to them without the internet, which I think is really cool, too. All right, let's wrap up like we usually do with what I ate yesterday. And let me just say, sometimes my days are an anomaly. And yesterday was an anomaly, so this doesn't reflect how I normally eat, but I wasn't really feeling very well. I was a little bit under the weather, and it was just kind of one of those stay-at-home-and-be-low-key kind of days. So I had my Bulletproof coffee in the morning, and then I made a really big batch of broccoli soup. Now, I don't really love broccoli, but I do love broccoli soup, and this was so easy. It was just a quart of bone broth in the blender with a bag of frozen broccoli, still frozen, and a clove of garlic, and a quarter of a cup of extra virgin olive oil and some salt and pepper. And I blended it all in the blender and put it on the stove. And honestly, that was almost all I ate all day. Now, Bulletproof coffee is legit energy, and then I just kind of snacked on the soup throughout the day. Later in the evening, I had some walnuts, but I just was kind of having a day, and and so that doesn't reflect how I normally eat. Don't email and be like, oh my god, you hardly ate anything. I know, I know, but it was just a chill day, and I wasn't really feeling heavy food, so that is what I ate yesterday. I really hope you enjoy those um, motivational mixtape downloads. If you have a favorite one, let me know. i love knowing what, what really resonates with you guys and what misses the mark. So keep me posted on that. And I hope you guys have a great day. I'll be back soon. Talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com join.